welcome, welcome everyone. I am so excited to be here with Kelly Sinclair and Kelly is the fairy brand mother. Yes, you heard that right. (laughs) And it's so true. She equips passionate entrepreneurs with a magic wand to get clear on your message and who you serve so you can attract your dream clients and grow your business. And in a world where people work an average of a third of their lives, Kelly believes that it's so important that work is a source of joy instead of drain. And when entrepreneurs run successful businesses, the world is a happier place. And Kelly brings a combination of strategy and magic required to bibbidi-bobbidi-boo your business to the next level. Corporate PR girl turned entrepreneur Kelly has taken her big brand experience and brings it to small businesses. She's a national award-winning communications professional, a small town girl, mom of two, and past president of her local chamber of commerce. And so Kelly, welcome to My Dead Dragon. I know that you have a very powerful, impactful story of how you, how you woke up and, and what that, um, what that moment was and what that looked like for you. And so can you, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your story? What was that wake up process, that moment for you? Thank you for having me. First of all, Catherine, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk today and to dig into this sort of side of things a little bit more. So I've always been the kind of person who really values career and and doing something kind of actively with my brain. I always thought about it like that when I knew that, of course, I wanted to have a family and I wanted to have kids. And that was important to me too. But I knew that I was always going to be working as part of that. I never had that kind of goal of being a stay-at-home mom. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted both streams of my life to be running at the all same time. All of it. All of it. I want it all, <laughs> right? And we can have it all. And so figuring that all out. And uh, having gone back to work from maternity leave twice, taking that time off, that one year off, basically, of doing that, I knew I wanted to come back into the work field. And I came back to my job after my second daughter was born, and she was about 10, 11 months old. And it was a total grind. It was exhausting up at, you know, kids out the door in their pajamas at six in the morning to a childcare day home. Like I was going, my husband was driving and I was going into the city with a a mug of coffee and a thermos of coffee to refill it. And I would just, then we would get home and then we'd have to feed the kids and put them to bed. And everybody was just totally drained every single day. And I was telling myself, Oh, you're just not adjusting yet. You can do this. You've done it before. It's all going to be fine. Everything's going to work out. It just takes time. And so I just kept doing that over and over every single day. And then one day I was at work in a team meeting and I got a call from my dad and I knew that I had to take it. So I stepped out and I'm standing in the hallway and he says, mom had a seizure and she's on the way to the hospital in an ambulance. And I just froze. And I knew that I could get a call like that because my mom had cancer. It was progressing. It was not looking good. It had spread into her brain and into other parts of her body. And, but somehow, you know, that was still a wake up moment Mm. of, okay, what is important Mm. right now? Trying to do this job, doing the quote, 
impactful work that I thought I was doing or being with my family and having my kids. My girls were one in three. I wanted them to have more time with my mom. I, I didn't know what we had left and I had to face that really big decision about what to do. And fortunately I had some support from the leadership in the business that I was working for. And I ended up taking a leave of absence. Mm. But what I didn't know was we only had eight days left. Mm. And so big decision to leave, to spend time with my mom, followed by eight days of total crisis, really. It was not a pleasant eight days. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then losing her and then going through that grieving process mm-hmm. and deciding again, what's next, right? And so combining grief with with planning. I'm a planner. <laughs> I like to know, I like to set goals. I like to know what I'm doing. I like to have feel purposeful in my time, but I also knew that I had to sort of take the time to experience the emotions that I was going to experience and make the right choice and make a choice out of, out of desire and not out of, you know, fear for things. So, you know, I was, I, I ended up Actually, my my boss laid me off by my choice so that I could mm. have, you know, the unemployment to mm-hmm. time to think about things. Yeah. So wow. That was that was the that was the moment <laughs> like a long period of time. Yeah. And so 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 much there, Kelly. And thank you for sharing that. And you know, I'm 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 hearing this this starting in this place of like, yeah, I want it all. And why not? Like really and truly, why not? And, you know, I think we can, we can kind of live into that and experience it. And then as we, as we actually get the things that we want, we get to to try it on and see, well, does this fit? Right. Do I love out the door at 6am kids in the, you know, kids in the pajamas and, you know, coffee basically coming in with an IV. Do I love that? And, and yeah. And, and that's that, you know, that's that whisper of discontent where the universe is speaking to you about, okay, well, maybe this isn't quite what it's going to look like. And then as we know, it can turn up the volume and that can look like that, that big kind of moment. And, and so was there, I'm curious about, you know, about that, the messages that you told yourself that, you know, I'll just adjust to it. It's, it's going to be okay. I just need more caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) Were there, you know, was there a voice along that way that was kind of saying to, Hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I just wasn't listening. Right. That's when I, when I kind of reflect back on my story and often to me, like the obvious moment was when my mom died. Yeah. But the reality was this was just the thing that made me pay attention Mm. to all of the other signs that were really coming in that, that whole daily exhaustion can't even do anything when I get home, just like day to day, just functioning to survive basically. And I'm not even exaggerating all that much because, you know, like I'd go to work and then I'd try to do the work and try to feel good about the work and then come home and feel stressed about getting my kids fed Mm. and then feel guilty about 
you know, having to put them in childcare for 11 and a half hours a day and not having any time with them and going, wait a minute, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I wanted. I became a mother because I wanted a relationship with my kids. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to spend time with them. I want flexibility. I don't want to feel like, you know, if I get a phone call and somebody's sick and I have to leave work that I'm going to need you know, to get permission to do that. And that they're going to look at me funny because I have to go and tend to my kid right now. And, Mm. and so all of those things really were what I was evaluating afterwards in that sort of space that I had to think about what do I want to do next? And, and that's how I eventually came to the conclusion that I'm starting my own business. I'm going to do this myself. (laughs) I'm going to be, I'm going to use the skills that I have, the marketing, branding, communications, PR, all the stuff that I've been doing. Cause I like the work. I really did. That was, that was a struggle. It wasn't like I was going to a job that wasn't fulfilling at all. Like it really mm-hmm. did like what I was doing. And I, I decided, okay, I'm going to take that. I'm going to bring it where I am to my community. So I'm a bit of a commute, like I know you're Fort Saskatchewan to Edmonton. It's like my Cochrane to Calgary sort of situation um, yeah. where I am. So I don't have to commute into the city anymore. I can work here. I can work from home and and I can walk my kids to school every day. Hmm. Like I can take my kids every morning. I don't have to, I don't have to get them somewhere and then they have to be transported because they were coming up to that age. I mean, three and one, so they were still pretty little, but thinking Mm -hmm. about, you know, registering for school and then there's a schedule and how do we get them there? And all of these things, like I can't even, um, I I don't even know how it would be possible. And I see why Mm -hmm. so many, you know, moms ultimately, or one person in the family ends up staying home Mm -hmm. because it's very difficult to work and deal with all of the coordinating of getting kids places like just the logistics right (laughs) is the whole thing (laughs) oh and and I love that Kelly that you know that you kind of came into this with okay this is what I would love like I I I want to be a mom and I also love contributing to the world through work right and and that you tried kind of doing it in the way that other people think it should look so this is what it looks like. So if you want those things, this is what it's supposed to look like. And, and yet you had that voice telling you, mm, this isn't quite working for me. And then that wake up moment with your mom's passing, right? That phone call that none of us ever wants to get. And I think we can cognitively know that that's always a possibility, but when it happens, it's, it's a whole other, it's a whole other level of experience and, and really using that time to reflect and to kind of sift through the different aspects of that. And then truly to become the heroine of your own story, the main character of your life and to say, okay, well, I actually do want it all. And it doesn't need to look like that. It can look like yeah. whatever I want it to look like. Exactly. It's kind of like, you can still get where you want to go, but it might not be the path that you thought to getting Mm. there. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, like, how can I have a career and do work that's fulfilling? And another realization again, and these are all like parts of the journey that take time to come to was that my work is what fills my cup. 
Like I really love doing what I do, especially now that I've honed that in on supporting entrepreneurs who love what they do because yeah, there's just yeah. so much passion in it. And I can see how much energy everybody has for what they're doing. Like, I don't care what industry you're in, but when you love doing what you do and I can help you escalate that, it is like so fulfilling to me that mm-hmm. that then is the, again, fill my cup, spill that out onto my family. So yeah. I do the work so that I'm more fulfilled so that I can be a better mother, a better wife, a better friend, better in all those other areas. And a lot of that was a hard thing to come to terms with because mm. immediately it feels like the wrong thing. It feels oh. like guilt, like that you, when you put your career first, that's wrong. Right. Mm. But I had to shift that in my mind because I know that I care about it enough to yeah. make me a better person. If I don't get to work, I am not going to be very fun to be mm. around <laughs> yeah. if I don't do fulfilling work. Like I, I knew that that's why I was trying so hard to do it with my little kids to go into the office to, to do the work that I had in mm. front of me at that time that I was somewhat feeling was impactful, but I yeah. have now been able to shift that into more impactful work with a schedule that I want, that I control. I can go on vacation tomorrow for a week. This year, I will have taken five weeks off. Nice. Five weeks vacation because I'm in charge of my mm. time. And I only work with people who I'm really excited to work with mm. and all of these kind of boundaries that create a really great checklist for just joy. Mm. And what if, you know, because I think that the guilt is something I hear a lot where there's, there's all of these kind of expectations, right. About this is what it quote unquote should look like. And if it, if it doesn't look like this, then as women, I think often we feel guilty. And so what if, you know, if we flip that around and, and looked at it instead of I'm putting my career first, I'm actually putting myself first and I'm, this is what fills my cup. This is what brings me joy. And Howard Thurman, um, Dr. Reverend Dr. No, Howard Thurman, who was the advisor to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. has a great quote where he says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go and do that because what the world needs is people who have come alive, right? And so for you, really, you're in that state of aliveness. And with that aliveness, then you have that to share with your children, with your friends, with your clients, with your family. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And, and it is a shift into acknowledging that that is putting yourself first, but then there's Mm. that same hurdle to Mm. overcome that it's okay to do that. It's okay to put yourself first. And actually, it's a requirement. Yeah. Right. Right. And and we fight up against that, like on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And so how did you come to know that that was the thing that filled your cup? Hmm. That's a great question. And it's been, it's been a journey for sure. I mean, I've always known that I'm in the right field of work. I'm Mm -hmm. one of the rare people who actually still works in the field where I have a degree in communication. That is rare. Um, (laughs) Yes. And I I like, you know, because the scope is very broad and there's a lot of variety that I can do, 
that was one piece of it is that I like the actual tactical work, but Mm. I also now get to work a lot with my community and I love it where I live. I love Cochrane. I love this town. I love supporting the businesses here. Like I'm particularly attached to seeing success around me, like physically. Mm. So like I can see that impact that I'm having. And that is part of it. It's just, is knowing that I am making an impact where I live with people that I care about and I'm helping others. And that's that whole just service, um, giving back contribution. That's, that's really ultimately what makes me come alive. And so, so I'm curious because I think for, for a lot of, of women, a lot of people, you know, when we're so used to looking to, this is what I, you know, should be doing. This is the kind of expectation that I, I buy into, right. That it's, it's out there, but I buy into it. I, I make agreement with it that we sometimes lose touch with our ability to, to know what that aliveness feels like, or to know when we're moving closer to a feeling of aliveness or further from a feeling of aliveness. And so how do you know, and, and especially at the beginning of your process, how did you know when you were leaning into or moving towards things that made you feel more alive? Ooh, these are such good questions and questions that people need to ask themselves because Mm -hmm. we don't, often enough, take the time and give ourselves the space to do this kind of reflection and personal growth. Mm. I didn't even know what personal growth was. That's a whole other conversation we can have (laughs) (laughs) until like, I just discovered a book one day and then I ended up in a conference in Arizona and was like, Oh, okay. Um, But (laughs) essentially I think it's two things. One it's, is, is to like pump the brakes, like slow Mm. down. I'm, I'm guilty of of, of just moving so quickly and doing mm-hmm. and doing and doing and doing that there's no, there's no way to rise up above it because mm. sometimes I, I have this analogy in my head that I am a boulder rolling down a mountain mm. and I cannot catch up to myself. Like you can't stop running on that boulder because right. you'll never get back on. Yeah. And so like, that's great. Cause on one hand, I like to take action really fast. And I can turn things around on a dime, but it's also like too fast sometimes. And so many things in motion that Mm -hmm. I can't catch up or rise above and actually think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So just, yeah, taking that time to like slow down and to like think. Yeah. And the other piece of it, I think is about where you connect to your intuition in your Mm. body. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that there's lots of different sort of research on that as far as um, for me, one thing that I'm aware of is, is personality types. Mm. Um, And with like the Enneagram personality, there's sort of three triads, right? There's the heart, the head and the, and the body uh, where you're like making decisions from one of those spaces. And I learned about myself that mine is very much body. So I can actually just connect into my gut and listen to that mm. as far as, is this right? Or is this not right? And, mm-hmm. and that's like a practice Yeah, listening to that and, and being able to know a little more quickly, whether mm. you're going down the right path. Mm. Uh, such a great point, Kelly. And I think, you know, like you, you share so much so many nuggets here that really it's a process. 
depending on where people are in the journey, it can take time. And, and as you're really, you know, choosing to kind of give yourself that space. And for you, it was that wake up call when your mom passed. Right. And, and certainly the universe life whispers to us. And when we ignore that, it turns up the volume and often it's that volume, you know, that escalation that, that gives us that space. But as we learn to tune in, as we learn to connect to that, we can then start to hear the whispers and be guided by the whispers. And, and so really allowing yourself space to get to know, okay, well, what is my inner guidance system look like, feel like, sound like for me? And then, and then also, so for people listening, knowing that depending on where you are with that practice, it can take some time. And so you have an inner guidance system And if you're just now starting to choose to connect with that, don't worry if it's not, if it's not showing up really quickly, it's okay. It's okay. It just takes some time. It just takes some time. I just wrote that down, that phrase, inner guidance system. That's, that's Mm. totally what it is, but you're right. You you don't, it doesn't come like with a manual. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It it isn't like, oh, here's how this works. It's, it's an act, sometimes an accidental discovery I guess that that even exists. And then how do you pay attention to it? And, and how can you do it consistently is then the next Mm. question, because I don't think that I necessarily do it consistently. I could definitely do it better. And we all can, we all can use that all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We, we, it's, it's a practice. And if we're still breathing, we've still got, you know, work, growing, exploration, uh, learning to do. Yeah. And so during, during this process, your journey of really learning how to tune into yourself, right? And, and I think, you know, one of the other things about that, that capacity to tune into ourselves is that we recognize that that exists within a context. And so we may have had a lot of practice tuning into things outside of us for our decision-making, right? So this is what it should look like. This is what people expect of me. This is what I expect of, you know, kind of myself based on these external expectations. And that's really that idea of the dead dragon, where you're looking to something, someone, something outside of yourself to determine how you show up in your life. And so as you learn to come in contact with, in, in community with, in connection with that inner guidance system, how did you, Kelly, learn how to actually give power to that part of yourself. I'm going to answer this in maybe a roundabout way, because it's while you were talking about that, it was making me think of another kind of light bulb moment Mm. that I had um, while at a personal development conference in Arizona, the one I didn't know about that existed. And then I went and it was just this idea that you're actually in charge of everything, Mm -hmm. right? Your own perspective, your Mm -hmm. own attitude, your own goals, your own rules of judgment, all of that, which to me was very empowering, especially as I am an Enneagram eight and I really do like control as my main Mm -hmm. goal. (laughs) And I thought, well, that's amazing. And how, and you know, why not just take ownership take ownership of the way that you look at things, the way that you frame like your own decisions and whether there's like an expectation you do something or not, you get to choose how you let that impact you and influence you, right? All of it. 
is your yeah. choice. And after that conference, I actually went and got a tattoo. It's talking about on my wrist. It says, own it. Mm. Like you have to own that. Yeah. That That is your path, your journey, your story. It's different for you than anybody else. And you're going to get there the way you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. That is such a, you know, I remember the first time I really, really got that idea. It was like, it was like my mind was like blown. It was like a mic drop in my brain. I'm like, what? Like I get to choose how to interpret. I get to choose how to show up. I actually get to choose for myself, not based on what I think everybody else around me needs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you can sort of acknowledge that for yourself and at the same time be almost accepting it for other people. I don't know if this Mm. is the right way to articulate this, but you know, like if you're like, if I'm going to be like this and I'm going to choose how I want to do my thing, then Mm. I'm also going to accept that other people are going to choose the way they're going to do their thing. Yes. Yes. Right. And what if we all chose to do our things in a way that made us feel alive in our life? Yeah. How amazing would that be? Yeah. And so like, you know, if you choose to grow and you choose to follow your passion, you choose to have big dreams and you choose to take action and you choose to break the mold and, and take those steps. It, it feels challenging. And I remember kind of being on the precipice of a moment where I was like, I'm going to the next level. And I now know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. I can't explain it, which was difficult because it involved investing in coaching. And I had to explain that to my husband. (laughs) Yeah. It's terrifying. (laughs) Terrifying. I was like, Like, I don't know what this is, but I'm getting on a bus and I really want you to come with me like a a metaphorical (laughs) bus of growth. And and I'm worried about who I'm going to leave behind. But then I started to think, you know what, the better I am, the better I am for other people. Mm -hmm. And one thing I write down in my journal every single day to this day for about three years is my light shines to brighten others. Mm. So I can be as shiny and bubbly and enjoy everything that I want for myself, but that just lightens the room around me. It's, it's not, it's not a spotlight where all eyes on me. It's like a beam Mm. that comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else. Marianne Williamson has an amazing quote about that. It's, it's a, you know, a lengthy quote, but the crux of it is that as we give ourselves permission to shine our light, it unconsciously gives other people permission to do the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so what were some of the, uh, you know, looking back, some of the, the most significant challenges for you along this process? Well, challenge, starting a business is challenging. Uh, Deciding to do that. that And, and part of it is definitely about the people you have around you and the support systems that you have Mm -hmm. in place, right. Mm -hmm. To, uh, for some reason, people will celebrate anybody getting a new job all day long, but you say you start your business and like, two people like it, like, come on, right. It's a big deal. Um, so just the challenges and learning and development that have come from being a business owner Mm -hmm. and what that looks like in my family, uh, schedule income roles, all of that kind of stuff has certainly been challenging. Um, how it's changed the way I think about 
Like, cause now you can't shut it off. Right. No, <laughs> my business and then ideas coming at two in the morning. And like, yeah. that's just what I want to talk about because I get excited about it and yeah. I want to do that. So I think, you know, just the whole journey of entrepreneurship has definitely been one, um, one of the big challenges and, and ongoing and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and I think that if if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, you know this, that, well, I hope that you know this, that you are the limiting factor in your business, right? And it's that, it's all that inner stuff around, am I worth it? Can I do this? Oh, I'm, I, it needs to be perfect before I take action. I, you know, like I'm afraid what people are going to think. And so as you up-level your internal belief system, then your results up-level. And so you you mentioned that you got to a moment with that gulp, right? You, you grabbed your courage, you invested in coaching for yourself. Are you glad you did? Oh, 100%. Because I think you need that reflection. Mm. You need somebody to ask you the questions. Mm-hmm. to make you think about the things that are unconsciously mm-hmm. happening. And sometimes maybe we're getting really in tune with that, let internal guidance system and actually just moving with it, but yeah. not, not thinking, right. If yeah. my mind isn't in my head, mine is in my body. So I maybe need to actually sit and think about those things, mm-hmm. pull up, pause, Mm-hmm. go back to that strategic visionary kind of level around mm-hmm. not just my business, but my life. Like whenever mm-hmm. I set goals, I have like kind of three blocks of goals. There's mm-hmm. like business goals. There's relationship goals around my family, my friends, the people that I want to have around me. And then like self care mm-hmm. goals, like fitness and wellness and you know, if I want to have a massage every month, I would put that sort of in that box, mm-hmm. but I want to look at everything as one person. Cause that's the thing. When you become an entrepreneur, you realize that what they've been telling you at work for your whole life is t- such crap that you cannot <laughs> check your personal life at the door. No, <laughs> there's no such thing as that. No. You are one human. You're using a different, yeah. you're wearing a different hat, but it all really is intertwined. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And we bring ourselves wherever we are. Right. And if you're, if you're having challenges in one aspect of your life, or you're not fully satisfied, you're not having the results that you would love, that's going to actually spread into other areas of your life. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Hmm. And so what would you say are your, your next level challenges, your, your learning edges, What's that green growing edge of becoming? What does that look like for you? Well, I think that our goals just expand Mm -hmm. as we grow. So the things that are no longer as challenging to me that I've sort of um, found myself being successful at, I've just moved on to the next big thing. So it's it's really like the, the ongoing challenge, and I don't think it ever goes away, is to actually achieve everything that you want to do. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's moments where you feel like you're just, if there's that lack and, and not enoughness and, and you're like, Oh, well, you know, if only I could make $10,000 this month. Well, as soon as you do that, you're like, 
well, now I want to make 50, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Or it's whatever the next big goal is and yeah. you're never really satisfied. So I think that's the yeah. ongoing for me on ongoing challenges too, is to somehow find satisfaction mm. in whatever, wherever I'm at. It's that constant mm. attempt to redefine success Yeah, that's, that is existing, not a future yeah. state. Yeah, f- fully. And and that our goals really are for growing, right? Because our, our goals, as we expand our goals, as we stretch our goals, they require us to stretch and grow as a human being. And so to get that next level of result, we need to level up ourselves, our expression, our beliefs, our skills, all of those things. And so how do you balance then that, that excitement of the growth, right? Knowing that that's life itself, expressing itself through you, that growth, right? Just like a tree grows, we grow. And also being able to be grateful and present in the moments that you have right now mm-hmm. and the accomplishments and your successes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember a time when I was working with a coach and she asked me the same question at the beginning of every single session, which was, mm-hmm. what are your wins since yeah. the last you know, week? Yeah. And, and there had been two weeks actually, cause she'd been on holidays. So two weeks had gone by and I could not answer that question. And then, mm. mo- you know, a few minutes into our conversation, I finally realized I had like launched a workshop and sold five spots in it, re- done my whole website by myself for it. And I won a national marketing award and I had just brushed that off. No wins, no wins. I couldn't think of that. That was not on the top of my head because it was like that happened already. And now what's next, you know, and I've learned a little bit about why I think I do that myself because I've Mm -hmm. just had this very much like looking forward to tomorrow mentality um, Mm -hmm. as really a coping mechanism because my mom had health problems for my whole life. And Mm. so that was always our family's mentality. Like tomorrow will be better. Tomorrow will be better. Right. But I, and so anything that bad happened, we were very good at putting it behind us, but I just learned how to put everything behind me. But I think that this is something that people do, you know, they, we just go, well, that's great. Moving on. Like what's Mm -hmm. next? Like we don't actually celebrate. So I I even like have a win sheet now where I have to write this stuff down regularly, look at it, reflect on it. I get my clients to do it too, because it's something that we just don't do intentionally. For some reason we're told, you know, not to brag, (laughs) don't Mm. be boastful. And, and, and so we really take that to heart. Yeah. And truly what we focus on grows in our life. And so as an entrepreneur, as a mom, as a, as a human being, there's always that list, right. Of the, the next, the next, the next, the next. And, and when we're always focused on what's that next thing, we lose sight of, of where we've come from. We lose sight of those wins. And, and I love that win sheet. And that's something I use with my clients as well. And we start with our, our gratitudes, a win, you know, or proud of. And that win can even be showing up in alignment with your highest self. Like that would be having a shower. <laughs> like <laughs> absolutely, right? Like I bathed today. <laughs> that counts. That counts. And like, how good do you feel? when you celebrate a win and the win doesn't need to be like climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Like, yeah, that's a thing. We would celebrate that, but having a shower some days, that's your win. You know, I have a theory on this, that, that 
that your wins and your successes are like that. Have you heard of the fitness term rate of perceived exertion before? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's a scale based on how you're feeling today. Yeah. So your 10 on one day, maybe like a 10 K run and your 10 Mm -hmm. on another day, maybe like doing 20 push-ups. you know, Mm -hmm. it's about how you're feeling in your body, whether you had water, Mm -hmm. whether you slept, whether you drink too much wine last night, whatever it was. (laughs) And the same thing with your successes is like, well, today there was all this stuff going on, but I managed to, you know, get my kids out the door with Mm -hmm. all of their belongings and their lunch kits. And I'm proud of that. And so I'm capturing that today. Yeah. And, and our brains have actually evolved to have that negativity bias, right? So from a survival perspective, our brains look for the danger. They look for the deficiency. They look for the lack. And that's a, that's a survival, you know, evolutionarily a survival um, mechanism. And we know that we can rewire our brain. So with practice by consciously choosing to focus on the wins. What were my successes today? Well, my kids are still alive. Like I'm keeping them alive. That's a win. <laughs> we should celebrate that every day. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, so Kelly, for people who want to connect with you and, and I shared a little bit about what you do and you have a really cool event coming up. Can you, can you sh- kind of tell me about that and, and tell me where people can find out more information and, and what it's about? Yeah. So I work with entrepreneurs um, to create their brand and marketing plans. So that is what I do. And I host an event called the Entrepreneur Success Summit, which you've spoken on and are speaking on. Amazing um, summit. Amazing summit. (laughs) Yeah. It's really powerful. Just opportunity to learn from in this one around 20 different kinds of entrepreneurs talking about things related to all aspects of thriving. So not just the business strategies and the tools that you need to use, but the mindset piece and the health and wellness. I have someone coming on talking about marriage. Um, Mm. So it's relationships, money, like all of those things. So really it's a very holistic um, summit. So, and it's totally free, the entrepreneur success summit.com. And so I will put that in the show notes. And what are the dates for the summit? August 24th through 26th. But I also do them somewhat regularly every quarter-ish, two okay. three-ish times a year kind of thing. So okay. So, so if people are watching the recording kind of after that date, and it will come out before that, but if they're watching it after the fact, how can they get on the list for the next one? Um, on the website, I, I will have it set up so that they can register. Okay. Okay. So thank you for that. And before we close off here, Kelly, if there was one thing that you could share from your heart to someone listening, what would you love them to know? I just really want everyone to feel super empowered to do what lights you up, Mm. like acknowledge, find and acknowledge what fills your cup, what makes you excited, what you're passionate about. And if that's work or if that's something else, like go all in on that Mm. and own it. 
own it. Yes, a high five. I'm high fiving you. <laughs> and so thank you so much for being here with me today. And, and thank you to all of my listeners. I've had some amazing messages of, of support and, and hearing how you're impacted by the stories that you're hearing uh, from my guests. So I would love it if you would reach out to me and let me know what really landed for you today. What were those kind of like aha mic drop, mom- mic drop moments in your brain? And please subscribe and rate and review my podcast. That will really help. And thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you.